Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world of friends and right back to that. Is it ace eight year back to walk top state? So white the lottery is on the map. Hip hop love this is a good mind, but I could you a hard mix in the floor of the sun. Play your point for this a one man sport. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's been a long time. Sometimes I honestly forget because, you know, just life in general. But here we are. It's August. Summertime in Brooklyn, New York. It's the centerpiece of the world. And yeah. How's everybody been? Year three of the pandemic. Some of us are still masked up. Some of us, you know, have been lucky to avoid catching the virus. Hopefully you and your loved ones are good to go healthy, happy, safe, and sane, and just living fruitful, productive lives. Or if there was anything that went wrong, hopefully you guys are on the mend. As for me and my family, we're doing good. Mom is healthy. Boma is healthy. Healthy. My niece is growing like a weed. She's about to be 10. My sister is handling her responsibilities. And I'm just thriving and climbing up the ranks of the gap. Yeah. Life is complete damn near. And I have nothing to complain about. Other than this wind that's outside got me hoping that there's no spiderwebs touching my skin because I hate that. But it's a breezy you know, evening here in my beloved Brooklyn. A lot of things have happened in the world in the time since we last got together. So let me try to fill y'all in. Sports are still sports. My beloved Brooklyn Nets. The whirlwind of emotions. From the highs of having a Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to having to trade each one individually to now we got nobody with us, a bunch of scrappy underdogs fighting. We made the playoffs, got knocked out in the first round, but now we're on the rebuilding path, and hopefully my young scrapping team will continue to get better. That's what the Nets are. As long as we are better off than the Knicks, I don't care. It's baseball season, NFL training camps to get ready to ramp it up a notch as NFL season will be kicking off soon because we're damn near halfway through the month and kids go back to school soon. College is already getting back into the, in the swing of things. Where the hell the time was flying? It just turned August. Like, damn, where is the time going? Baseball season, my beloved Yankees are having a horrible season. Our beloved captain, 
the Sultan of SWAT himself, one Mr. Aaron Judge, was injured for most of the damn year. We can't hit. We can barely pitch. I don't know what the hell is going on in the Bronx. Outside of the, the Bronx being the Bronx. But damn, this season is awful. This is the first time that I've seen us be under 500 since I was a teenager in the, the what, the early 2000s? The 2000s at some point, you know? I'm trying to think back of how long it's been since I've seen the Yankees under a 500 record. Now, I'm, I'm probably wrong, but my teenage years is the, is the beginning part of the 2000s. You know, with me turning 33 on, well, in December. But damn, man. Ten years ago, I was 20. So that should let you know. <laughs> Ten years prior to that, year 2000, I was 10. Well, turning 10. But man, I ain't see us this bad in a long time. I really cannot remember my Yankees being this bad. I don't know what the hell is going on. I took my mom to a baseball game, actually. My mom's first trip to New Yankee Stadium. We had a great time. The Yankees won that game. Aaron Judge was healthy during that time. This is before he got hurt. And it was just fun to feel the energy and the vibe of the stadium. It's It was my first game of any kind since the pandemic, you know, hit. I've gone to plenty of games and stuff like that before the pandemic, but this is the first time I went to something since. And I had to get used to it because, you know, I'm so used to certain things with the pandemic and everything. And being in a sports arena was very interesting, but it was fun. I could, when was, once the game was over, I, we couldn't wait to eat because we couldn't eat in the stadium because, you know, the stadium don't take cash. They only use credit, and I just had straight cash on me. I just had cash on me. So we had to wait till we got out to eat something. That damn popcorn was smelling good in that stadium. Them chicken fingers, them chicken tenders. Ooh. I know everybody loved them damn chicken nuggets. I love chicken nuggets too. But I was so mad. Next game I go to, I'm making sure that I got me the damn, you know, money on my card this time. I'm not going to be dumb and take it off like I did. Heading into the stadium. Went to, had a lovely time at Madison Square Garden for some wrestling. Because we all know I love wrestling. That was so much fun. Nothing is better than going to a wrestling event inside Madison Square Garden. It's just a different energy. It's a different vibe. You never know who's going to pop up. You really don't. And it's just how we are after the match, after the, the, the show ends, when we're filling up the streets in front of the garden, having our own little makeshift matches. And, you know, people are telling each other when the next thing are going to occur so people can meet up with other fans and go to other events. And it's really been cool. You know, I got put on to discounts to buy title belts and 
shirts and stuff like that. So that was really fucking cool. You know, I, I, I tried to go as often as I can around my work schedule and stuff, but that was really fucking cool to be there in the garden for that taping of SmackDown. The job. The job is the job. You know, I'm below a manager, but I'm above an associate. <laughs> so I'm like this gray area. I train a bunch of people, new hires that usually come into the store. I also fill in for a manager at times. I'm, you know, basically I'm a, I'm a Swiss Army knife, if you would say. Because I cover a lot of ground and then sometimes I can fill different roles. And sometimes I can wear like five different hats and five different things for one day. No, but that's what I do. Shit, this, this past week I had to train people in this video for denim training. I had to teach everybody what's this new procedure, what this new standard is going to be for denim going forward with us. So I had to get people up to speed for that. As you hear the sounds of the kids running through the streets. That was fun. Summer basketball has been very exciting here in New York City and throughout Coney, and especially here in my beloved Coney Island. Most people don't know, I am a Coney Island kid. You know, Coney Island is, you know, Nathan's Hot Dogs, the world famous Nathan's, the hot dog eating contest, which I actually sat there and walked out my house and went down and watched it in person instead of on TV for once. The, all them damn people there, like, I should have stayed in the house and watched it, but it was fun to go there in person and see. And, of course, eat Nathan's, because if you live in Coney Island, you're going to eat Nathan's at some point. But, you know, the world-famous Coney Island, the boardwalk, the amusement park, the aquarium. It's really been a fun summer, a lot of cool things. Nems, you know, Mr. Bing Bong himself has been doing his usual antics and his podcast that he literally records sitting outside the front of his store, bringing celebrities there, telling stories and stuff, and him messing with the people in the community, like always, that you might see on the social medias. So that's been fun, but a lot of the summer basketball has really brought the community together because as much as it is that it's for the kids and everything, but it's also for the adults, too, where everybody can get out and hang with each other, socialize, because you may not see people a lot of times throughout the year because everybody's busy with different things. A lot of us in the community help create the community. We help take care of the community. We try to make it better. The local politicians get involved with the community. We try to keep it on the uptick and on the upswing healthy productive and safe there's still a lot there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in Coney Island to get things right but we try to be on that right path you know so there was there's that but the basketball has been really fun they're holding the basketball tournament sometimes the basketball tournament double as special events for certain things like a cause so you know there's different occasions where there'll be a different event for something and to bring out the community there's you know stuff for the kids you know it's really really fun and all the families and everybody interact with each other because we all like kind of family 
we had a basketball clinic for disabled children earlier this week that was really, really nice for, you know, kids with disabilities who want to play sports, come out there and learn basketball. And you had one of us who's a, a coach, whose dad was a coach as well, teach the kids or the youth, you know, the game of basketball. You know, you had to slide for them. You had some ice cream, you had some candy, you had some, some food for them, some juice, some water as well. You know, so we're trying to do stuff like that. We, we do back-to-school fundraising as well through the basketball tournaments. You know, we have the baseball team. We have the Pop Warner football team, the Coney Island Sharks. We have the, the other Pop Warner football team, Brooklyn, you know, Unlimited. So we do a lot in the community. And to get the kids active and involved in sports and teaching them about togetherness and teamwork and hard work and even nutrition and health because you know these are people who played sports at different various levels and have been doing it for such a long time these these people one of the people in our community is a former professional baseball player nelson figueroa who played for the met who is now in the uh and he's an announcer for the Mets. he's on the he's an analyst on SNY, one of our local sports channels, and he often is out there giving the kids tips about the game of baseball because he was a pitcher. So you'll have that. You'll have a lot of the former football players who are all city New York football players, you know, who will be out there trying to give the kids, you know, the information and and to with the drills and teaching them different techniques and stuff. The same thing with the basketball because you guys know a lot of famous basketball players come from Coney Island. Whether it's Stephon Marbury, Sebastian Telfair, Chris Taft, Lance Stevenson, you know, Isaiah Whitehead, you know, Quincy Doobie. These are all people who were are from Coney Island who made it to the highest levels of the NBA, actually. As we know, Stefan is the most famous, with him be, potentially being a Hall of Famer. So it's really, really been fun. We've had a lot of celebrities come down to watch the games here in Coney Island for the different various age groups, you know, the girls, the kids, the teenagers, and then the the older group, the unlimited age group, the kids who are like high school, college standouts who are playing. And they play on different teams around the city, but a lot of them, we have our tournaments in Coney Island. A lot of them, we have our own home local team and other teams from around the city come and play ball here against our teams as well, too, in these different tournaments that we've got. And it's really, really been fun. It's been a lot of good basketball. There's a local cable channel that's been showing all the games because New York City is basketball. And, you know, there's different tournaments around the city, whether you go to Dykeman and you see the New York versus New York, they go to West Fourth, the Cage. You know, you'll see more tournaments. You know, you'll see the famous player. You know, playing ball in his Tims. You'll see the guy, the you know older gentleman in his Tims, playing ball, playing one on one, traveling around with the hoop bus as well. You know, but basketball is the city's game, and it unites everybody, puts everybody together. And a lot of famous people have been out here. Yesterday, we were sitting there, rubbing shoulders with. NBA All-Star, you know, Baron Davis, current NBA players like Mikael Bridges from the Brooklyn Nets have been out there, 
this week as well. So it's been fun to see a lot of these people come down to our little neck of the small little area in Brooklyn, the bottom of Brooklyn, a small little area surrounded by water, and come and hang and watch the basketball with us and interact with the kids. So it's been, it's been a, a beautiful thing to see. And our expression is, is, you know, see you on the island. And it's never been more evident than the way it's been this summer because there's been nothing really tragic, nothing really bad or crazy has gone on. We've lost some people, unfortunately, to illness. But the expression of see you on the island has been lived by everyone because we really want you to come down and experience this energy, this this family thing that we got going on, man. When you come down to the island, you know, we treat you like family. We want you to enjoy the experience of being here with us and get this vibe that we got here. And again, you're always welcome to come back down anytime. And a lot of people have been enjoying that and coming down on the weekends to come and watch the basketball. As it's getting ready to wrap up within the next three weeks, before September, actually, probably around the last week of this month, actually, it'll be wrapping up the tournaments before, you know, we start taking things indoors. And there's no real indoor tournaments, but just taking it indoors to the local schools that we got there, beacon programs where we go in there and play basketball. Got the YMCA for the kids that go in there as well. But it's been a really, really good summer, man. A lot of a lot of love. It's been hard on everybody in the last couple of years. Because of the pandemic, we've lost many people, like I said, you know, just anything you can think of that could go wrong in someone's life, you never know. It might have happened. And sitting there with everybody, their arms around you, watching the game of basketball or watching the kids at a practice of football or baseball, it'll fill your heart with joy because we want everybody to feel good and this community is connected like never before. And now an expression of see you on the island has rang true this summer especially because everyone's experiencing it. This has been one of the best summers in Coney Island. A lot of flashbacks, you know. A lot of great memories. Being reminisced as everybody is getting together with stuff, you know. Uh, there's people who I haven't seen in the last, like, about four or five, maybe six, maybe even ten years who... We may live in the same area, but you don't run into them because everybody's lives take you in different directions. So getting to see some of these faces has been fun during this summertime and reminiscing with them about stuff from our past when we were kids and stuff like that. And it's been really, really fun. Just, I couldn't, I couldn't be more filled with joy and happiness over some of these things. You know, as I take trips down memory lane with a lot of different people, hence you hear the beginning intro music of this, of this episode, De La Soul, I know, you know, if you don't know, this is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. A lot of things have gone on in the world of hip-hop, some tragic, some very great, some very sad and ugly things that have happened in, hip, in the world of hip-hop, losing people and things like that, but hip-hop has changed the world. Hip-hop has united people. Hip-hop has changed the face of the planet, the culture. Hip-hop has extended and touched the 
places around the world that may never have been seen. They may have never heard of this, but it permeates it there. You know? So, hip hop is universal, hip hop is global. With it being the 50th anniversary, there's been different concerts and stuff like that. Like the big mega concert that was at Yankee Stadium last week, Friday. I was there. It was an eight hour concert, but I had to work the next day. So I had to leave. And I really didn't want to leave because if I didn't leave to go home, I wouldn't have got home till like four or five in the morning, maybe having to get to work at nine o'clock in the morning. So I would have probably got no sleep and I really didn't get no sleep because I just didn't want to leave because the last act was Run DMC. All the members of Run DMC, you know, that were living. All the members of Run DMC together performing all of their hits and everything on stage for the last time ever. They'll never do this again, they said. And seeing them upstairs on stage in Yankee Stadium of all places, Wearing their Adidas tracksuits, wearing their shelter Adidas, just was everything. For me, my generation, seeing Nas, seeing T.I., seeing Lil Wayne, you know, see your 50 Cent, your Busta Rhymes, your Lauren Hills, like that made me happy. Seeing the, the legends and seeing the ladies of hip hop as well do their thing. So many different eras and parts was covered. It was just so cool to see. Obviously, there are certain people that we would have loved to have seen. You know, we would have, I mean, come on now. Seeing Snoop was crazy. But who wouldn't have wanted to see Jay-Z? Jay-Z is New York. Jay-Z is the biggest artist on him. He's the, the, the greatest rapper alive. He's the greatest rapper. We would have loved to have seen Hove there. But Hope is the man, a busy man. He's a businessman with so many different things. I mean, we got a, uh, we have the Brooklyn Library that has has a curated exhibit to Jay Z called the Book of Hope. Next to Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn, and there you will see Jay Z's lyrics adorning the outer exterior of the library. And when you go into the library. It is a beautiful exhibit that details all of his ventures throughout his entire career from beginning to now. Photographs and everything, actual things that belong to Hope that are making up this exhibit is beautiful. And they're giving people free library cards that are adorned with Jay-Z on it that are covers of his albums as collector's editions items. So you can learn, you can get a library card and, and get to reading and have a cool piece of history because we'll probably never see anything like this again. And of course it would be him, the history maker himself, because they've never done this for any other musician ever in any genre. No library has ever done anything like this, whether it's New York or anywhere else in the world. This has never been done before, where they curate the entire library, the outer exterior, with the lyrics to their music, and the interior is an exhibit dedicated to their entire career, spanning all the different times and parts of their career. 
an entire library. And then the library cards being given out are, you know, collector's items edition of library cards that have his album covers on it. Meaning if you get one out, if you get a library card, you know, it might be the black album, it might be the blueprint, might be the blueprint three, could be in my lifetime, volume one, two, or three. Could be Kingdom Come. It could be 444. You don't know what album you can get. It might be Reasonable Doubt. But it's just, it's so cool to see that. It's, it's a major, major thing. We would have loved to have seen him there because that would have been the icing on the cake to see Jay-Z there. But even still, it was a beautiful moment. There's been concerts all throughout New York at times to celebrate hip-hop. In Coney Island, we have the amphitheater, you know, where they had a, a 90s hip-hop concert. A lot of acts from the 1990s were on display doing their thing and at this concert. And, of course, you had some, some other artists that was there, you know, I mean... It was just dope to see. Really, really dope to see. It's been fun. You know, the effect of hip-hop changed the world. Which is why my intro music this time was De La Soul. Because De La Soul is one of the most influential artists of ever. And they've helped influence me since the first time I ever heard their music. I'm a hip-hop fan. I love the culture. I'm part of the culture. It's ingrained and better than me. The first song that I ever heard hip-hop-wise was a De La Soul record. My Aunt Chicky used to get dressed on Friday nights to go clubbing and would play hip-hop while she was getting ready to go out. So me and my sister would be in the room or whatever, and my aunt would be getting ready to go out, and I'm hearing all this hip-hop. Embedding me with the culture. And I told her, because De La Soul released all their catalog on March 3rd, 3-3. 3-3-23, 3 is the magic number, like their song. That was the first single that they put out once their catalog was being released. I told her, you helped create this love for it with me because the first thing I ever heard was a De La Soul record. That was the first song that I ever heard that was hip hop. It was De La Soul, Me, Myself, and I. Then it was, after that, the next song that I heard was De La Soul, Ring, Ring, Ring. First music video, hip-hop music video I ever saw was a Tribe Called Quest scenario remix. And then the video station that I was watching, the next video that followed that up was De La Soul, Me, Myself, and I. Then after that, they played Tupac. Those are the first three music videos that I ever seen hip-hop-wise. First rock and roll video I ever saw on that same channel, which was MTV. It was MTV Jams. 
first rock video I ever saw was Living Color, Cult of Personality, which I still love to this day. And of course, is the battle cry for one CM Punk. The song is still great. Vernon is still an amazing vocalist. So, Living Color is my favorite rock group. Actually, Living Color, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots are three favorite rock groups of all time. Favorite rock song ever is called The Personality. Hip hop, my favorite group, without question, it is De La Soul, followed by A Tribe Called Quest, and then Outkast. Yes, I do love Wu Tang and you know, all the different other groups that might have been. The Locks, Rough Riders, whichever group you want to try to name. For me, it was always number one. They lost soul. It was never going to be anybody above them, you know. Because literally, that was the first thing that I ever heard. Nothing beats you first. And that was my first, my foray into hip-hop. My uncle, you know, it was my grandmother's house in Bushwick, Brooklyn, New York. And my uncle Joey had a room there. And he was a Muslim at the time. So he would listen to a lot of public enemies. So I was hearing the backpack rap, the Daisy Age, the native tongues. And then I heard public enemy, which gave me a different type of feeling and vibe and and energy. Because I was hearing these different things and you know, just eating it up. You know, to be sitting there and one minute I'm hearing fight the power or my uncle could be playing the entire Fear of a Black Planet album by you know, someone could be playing the entire Fear of Black Planet Public Enemy album my uncle could be playing that, and the next thing you know, my aunt could be, you know, in in my grandmother's room, getting dressed to the sounds of De La Soul, Buddy, Buddy, Buddy remix with the entire Native Tongues on there. Native Tongues is a collective of so a particular hip-hop artist who had a particular sound at the time that was basically up beyond what was being, you know, played at the time. So, De La Soul, A Tribe Called Quest, Leaders of the New School, which was Busta Rhymes' original group that he was a part of. That is the the Native Tongues movement. You had your Queen Latifahs, your Moni Loves, you know, that was also like side parts to the Native Tongues movement. But it was always A Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Leaders of the New School. De La Soul entered in what was called the Daisy Age. It was a very artistic style of, of hip-hop. The Daisy Age was super influential because there was different sounds and melodies and harmonies to it. Substance to the music. 
you know, jazzy tracks and beats. So you had your De La Soul, and then all of a sudden, you know, who would pop up? A PM Dawn. So the Daisy Age was very important. Their style of music would never be replicated because there was one. De La Soul was the originators, and there was none that could ever touch them. They sat there in a rarefied air because the music was so good. As you heard in the beginning, you listened to it, that's why I let it go a little longer than normal because I wanted y'all to feel and listen to the beat. The sample is a it's a Steely Dan sample that they're using. And the whistle is actually the late, great Otis Redding. That's what the beat is comprised of. A Steely Dan sample and Otis Redding whistling. It takes a different level of genius to create that. I mean, there's so many hits in their catalog. It's so much good music. Whenever you guys get a chance, just listen to a De La Soul record. It'll change your day. Whether it's me, myself, and I, Ring, 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 a roller skating jam called Saturday, Break of Dawn, Stakes is High. I mean, when it comes to De La Soul, it goes on and on and on. There's so many records I could continue to name. You know, if you don't know, De La Soul has been on records with so many different artists. Gorillas, especially. You heard them on Feels, Feels Good as well. You know, you might catch them on a song with the great Shaka Khan, you know. Called It Ain't All Good. That's a record that they got with them. If you know a little bit of hip-hop and you heard a Tribe Called Quest award tour, Dave, God rest his soul, one of the members of De La Soul actually passed away. Right when it was hitting, the catalog dropping. Right before. And it had a beautiful installation here in New York called the Daisy Age Experience. Where you got to see all the bright technicolors because it was very psychedelic and very hippie. Reminded people of like the 60s, the flower kids of the 60s and 70s. That's what the Daisy Age reminded people of. The background image on my phone with my lock screen on my iPhone. It's the album cover to Three Feet High and Rising, which is De La Soul's groundbreaking debut album. It's yellow. You see daisies on it and see the three, there are three faces in a circle in the shape of a daisy. The colors are yellow, pink, powder blue, and green. That group means so much to me because listening to their music over the course of time helped me develop different parts of my personality and soul. People, I don't think us as humans realize sometimes that the things that we consume, whether we, you know, listening to it, we watch it or whatever, but it affects our psyche. It affects our personality. It helps mold us in different ways. You can take bits and parts of things to help formulate 
the kind of person you want to be through the things that you're ingesting, whether it's through your eyes or through your ears. For me growing up, I didn't have a dad, as you guys know. So I look to outward inspiration to help formulate the kind of person that I wanted to be while my dad was trying to get himself together before he would re-enter my life. I had role models. I looked at Jay-Z, I looked at The Rock, I looked at Michael Jordan as the type of people and I was trying to mold myself after taking bits and parts from these different individuals and putting it into myself. It just so happened that I also would take parts of De La Soul three members as well because of the cool, the calm, the intellect that they walk with and possess being people of high character and high dignity. I always saw these things as badges of honor. It was never about the money or the fashion or whatever. With them, it was always substance over style. And that stayed with me as a kid growing up who didn't have no much money, especially because I was an immigrant kid to the United States, as you guys know, speaking a foreign language and then teaching himself English without going to ESL classes. It was paramount that I had something like a De La Soul to fall back on to help me grow and develop parts of my brain. Because when I heard, when I would hear the songs and I would want to know more about the artists, I wanted to know more about the lyrics. I would try to find interviews. I would watch things. You know, the internet wasn't really the internet. I was still a fledgling child, you know, learning. But once we hit the 2000s, I started to be able to really search stuff and find things about their love soul to really get into the, their music and their catalog. And when YouTube came around, that really changed everything for me even further because I got to look up the samples to their albums. Like, what was the things they were sampling to create these melodies that helped change and formulate my life? It was really important that I was doing this and I would do that with other artists too because I always thought the, the ideas of sampling music is, is it's a lot of hard work it's a genius concept as well because you have you're not just borrowing make, taking that beat and trying to rework it you're doing something completely different with that beat turning it into something different altogether in itself so I would want to sit there and then see some of these De La Soul joints and look at the samples of what was they sampling and then see the artists they used, look into that artist category, see could I figure out where they De La Soul got the sample to that song for and where they applied it to. And I would do that often and I would I would just like get lost in it. It helped develop my mind and my memory as well help develop parts of my intellect. You know, so to sit there and, and to hear a sample of something and then to go and try to do the research to find said samples. Sometimes they were deep cuts and I may have never found it but I, at that, that for that part. But I might have found other stuff as well. It was, it was fun. And then meeting friends along the way who were into music who would teach, show me things was really cool too and it stoked a different level of interest and fire in me 
But one thing that remains the same was that my love for the genre, my love for this particular group, nothing would ever trump it. Nothing. Because that is my favorite group. Any genre of music, it's De La Soul. They were the ones that got me to love music. They were the ones that that got me to love hip-hop. They were the ones that got me into understanding similes and haikus and poems and sentence and line structure and proper vocabulary, expanding my vocabulary. You know, they lost so healthy. That's why they're so important to me as an individual. I can never thank them enough for what they did to help change my life from when I was a kid to me and as an adult now. And I'm still learning and growing and trying to improve every day. And I still look at De La Soul as an example. I still look to the three members, even though Dave is no longer here, God rest his beautiful soul. I still look at them as examples of the type of individuals I want to be with the way that they go about their business and function. I'm still learning and growing and, and trying to better myself and educate myself and be wiser and smarter and make better decisions and everything. Nobody's ever a finished product. Nobody's ever the final version of themselves. Nobody's ever going to reach their final form, no matter what we think or say. But De La Soul has helped me find the path to that and continue to show me the path through their art, through, which is the music. And I'm forever grateful to these three individuals from Long Island, New York, who changed the face of hip hop, changed the face of music forever. So again, long live De La Soul.